0: This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine year NBA vet, Eric Strickland.
1: Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big
0: Eight tournament champion. 93.7 a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bachelvin.
1: I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet
0: GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is on the block with Stricken Box. Hold
1: We're back here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. Happy Sweet 16 Day to everybody out there. And, of course, we will dive into that here in a few minutes. I did want to recap... Uh, what we got going on here in a few minutes, Mitch Sherman of the Athletic will join us around 5:25, where we can uh, jump into some Husker topics. Because the biggest news of the day is Xavier Betts no longer with the football team. Uh, Scott Frost announced that earlier today at his press conference. I know we went over it a little bit strict, but for the new listeners, uh, what what was your first thoughts about Xavier Betts not being on the football team?
0: Yeah, it was it was it was odd. I mean, like I said before in the in the in the previous hour, it it, it was. I, I can't overly speak on it because I did the same thing you know yeah. I was in spring practice when I was there and then I didn't show up I know I was getting calls I don't think Scott for I don't think Tom let me just say I don't think Tom Osborne handled it the same way <laughs> because I'm sure he fielded some same questions well you know I know Strick was out here but all of a sudden uh, you know Strick is no longer here so you know what's going on Oh, well, Strick is no longer part of the team. I just don't think <laughs> Tom Osborne handled it the same way. But, yeah, it's pretty tough because it's so much speculation. We just don't know what the true answer is. We don't know uh, what he may be dealing with. We don't know if it's something internally. We don't know if it's something family-related. We don't know if he's just burnt out. And, um, you know, Scott didn't give us much to to go on in that, in that element. Uh, he did seem a little frustrated, so there seemed to be some frustration there. But then – he cleared that up to say that it wasn't disciplinary. It wasn't a disciplinary thing. So, you know, at that point, then you can only speculate that he he's just tired. He's burnt out. Uh, he's mentally drained. Uh, the competition maybe got to him um, and or maybe he's just don't want it. He just don't really want to play football. He'd much rather just kind of get through it and, and move on with his life. So. Um, it's very unfortunate because he definitely had tremendous upside and so much uh, left to, to offer to the University of Nebraska.
1: Yeah, and just the way that, that Frost was kind of wording it is, is he says he's no longer on the football team, but it sounded like kind of open-ended, like he'd, he'd be welcome yeah. back if they can fix or iron out whatever the problem necessarily seems to be. So I think that there is a bit of hope, um, at least from what I've seen from the Husker fan base, that he would be able to return, and, and it is it is a hope. I mean, he's not one of those guys that just leaves the team and you just go, oh, well, they've, they've got other guys to replace him. He's got you know kind of rare athleticism, you know, great size. Uh, He's one of those guys. Him along with Omar Manning, they look the part. They look like you know Mm -hmm. the number one and number two receiver, and they have the athleticism for it. So it's it's just about getting it together, and and it hasn't maybe quite come together yet um, but for Xavier Betts you know it seemed to be like even if he wasn't knowing you know didn't know the playbook or whatever because that was the what we've been hearing um, not necessarily not knowing the playbook but what we've been hearing his lack of consistency in practice why was he wasn't getting as many reps as maybe some of us would have liked to seen consider considering his athletic ability they would still give him an end around a game and an end around uh, with, you know at, at one time he broke one away for 83 yards um, but they would at least do it once a game just because he was that special of an athlete they knew that he could break it and he did a few times on those end of rounds um, so we'll kind of see and, and follow and, and, and see how that goes with, with Xavier Betts um, and, uh, and you know hopefully for Nebraska's sake he does return on, on the good side of things and this is this is where we're, <laughs> we're kind of used to just being Husker fans right like we're very well trained now at le- learning bad news and, and how we react to it um, but there was good news last night at least for the basketball program um, as uh, I think it was Husker Online and in. Robin Washick cut up to Blaze Keita and and confirmed his commitment at this point in time to. Um, to the Nebraska basketball program, and I, and I suppose after Matt Abdoumasti left, um, there was you know a report out there that he was he was kind of a maybe as far as a commitment. It didn't take long for Fred Hoiberg and staff to get in there and make sure that he's coming. A big part, you know, the, kind of that true center, that big, you know, he's a six eleven, number one uh, center as far as uh, community or, or, or the JC, the JUCO level goes. Um, so he's a big get for Nebraska, probably along with Rommel Lloyd. People are looking forward to those guys getting here, and, and now the Rommel Lloyd thing is out there. We'll kind of see if he's still as interested with that Matt Abdelmasi. And, and maybe it has nothing to do with Abdelmasi with these guys too. You know, young kids change their minds all the time. But uh, certainly huge for Blaise Keita uh, to confirm his commitment, especially after Edwater Andre decided to hit the transfer portal the other day.
0: Well, there's no question about it. I think I, I got a, I, I had the opportunity to look at Blaze Keita in some of his film. And one of the things I love about him is is he's he's different from... Um, Walker, where Walker is a downhill attack, face you up, take you off the dribble and counter you type of guy, where Blaze Keita is a guy that actually can play with his back back to the basket, and he has a tremendous touch around the basket. Um, He knows how to find his way and just navigate uh, in the interior when someone is creating, or or he knows how to create passing lanes. Um, I'm not going to say he's a tremendous leaper, but he has the ability to score and, and find different ways with both hands. Uh, he can go over both shoulders. He's got a tremendous turnaround with a little fade on it that 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 I like about him. But you know, definitely, Hoiberg put out all stops, went out there, met with him down there in in, in Kansas, got a, got an opportunity to sit down with him. And I think, um, as it, as we said before, Matt Domasi and Hoiberg, man, they're they're they go beyond just coaching relationship they are actually friends so i i didn't in any way uh foresee or speculate that matt abdomasi was was talking negative about nebraska basketball or fred hoyberg or the staff in any form or fashion uh it it comes down to similar as being traded is a business deal and 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 you found that because of the relationship though there was some question that came from blaze Keita. but other than that, you know, Blaise Keita basically stated that he said, I want to play Big Ten basketball. That is a tremendous, you know, get and, and to be able to have him for three years. Now you've got a staple. You've got somebody that said now, if the decision comes from Walker to leave, you know, you've got somebody that has back to the basket abilities who, who, who has a one point five percent block, you know, uh, inside. So he, he, you know, block he, he gets one point five blocks a game. Uh, he's somebody that's going to protect the rim, and you got to understand too. In 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 uh, uh, in community or JUCO basketball, I was about to say community college. Yeah, in JUCO basketball, um, it's very perimeter dominated, right? And so, being that it's perimeter dominated, his scoring numbers aren't going to be tremendous. But what he does have is he has that what we talked about uh, with with uh, Walker is he has that 15, 18-foot jumper. He's got that. He can, he can hit that. Face you up, pop, and hit that shot. That's something that they're going to they're gonna be extremely excited about getting someone who has that type of ability to include with goggles and, and what he, he brings to the table in, in the ability to stretch the floor.
1: Yeah, and, and he's a big guy. Like like I said, anybody that, that's 6'11 and that can play and put up those type of numbers, he's number one in, in the JUCO rankings at his position for a reason. Um, is you know he, he's, uh, he's he's earned that, and he comes in, um, I guess, a little bit more mature than you, you would think as a freshman, so you expect him to be able to pick it up quickly and help this team immediately at a position they desperately need. Speaking of his, his maturity, too, he's got that Greg Oden type of deal where he looks like he's yeah. 35. So, yeah. I mean, that, that will also uh, be kind of something that's fun to react to. Too. I think Husker fans will probably have a little bit of fun with that uh, once he hits the court. But um, you know, this was this was a big part of uh, you know, and maybe maybe the biggest part. Uh, again, you could argue R- Ramel Lloyd, you could argue Blaze Key. The biggest part of that recruiting class uh, in the fear of making those staff changes um, because you know that that could disrupt some decisions as far as guys returning, as far as guys. Um, uh, coming in because Matt Abdomasi was so instrumental in recruiting and putting all those packages together. Uh, it's good to see at least he'll still leave a lasting impression for Nebraska and the fact that uh, they'll be able to bring those guys in, hopefully all of them. Um, but as of right now in the very least, to setting uh set to come into Nebraska. And as I mentioned the transfer... We're, get, we're
0: getting, getting Ramel Lloyd is is the next phase that has to probably happen. Not being, not, not only because of the fact that your, your port guard your point, you have a point guard deficit right now, yeah. but Ramel Lloyd is actually making Sierra Canyon. He runs that ship. Um, you know, they have some tremendous talent out there. They all are distributors, but he definitely is one of the ones that helps to kind of get things moving and going out there with what they're doing in Sierra Canyon. So, um, to, to get him to be able to at least if not in a backup role, um, you're going to get something that's that's solid there. And and they're going to have a lot of guys that have the ability to play point guard but are not traditional point guards as he is. He is a traditional point guard. So um, I would hope that they would either be able to find that or keep him to be able to um, make the ship run a little bit smoother than it did in, in, in times past.
1: Yeah, and, and he, I mean it's just as far as you know, there's a lot, to, a lot to break down uh, with your new, uh, you know, point guard your new team. It's going to be a whole new um, group together out there. But with Romel Lloyd, along with Sam Griesel, the, the the South Dakota State transfer yeah. that they got the other day, those are six six point guards. And I know we right. were everybody was really excited about Delano Bannon as a six nine point guard. Um, obviously, now playing in the NBA. I don't know if that experiment completely worked at Nebraska. Just just because I mean the team didn't win, and he ended up being benched by the end of his uh, his season here before declaring for the nba um, but uh so maybe it doesn't get you as excited as maybe it once would but you know that's going to be a pretty tall team for a team that struggled rebounding and and, and you know for what it's worth too. sam greasel um you know had some pretty good rebounding numbers in certain games uh when he was playing at south dakota state i think averaged near five as you know as the guard you know that's pretty solid numbers so that was the biggest problem for nebraska some big point guards, you know, just a tall team overall. Um, and Blaze Keita in there maybe could fix that rebounding issue.
0: Yeah, it definitely can. And and that was one of the things that basically Iowa had for their success. They they didn't have anything in particular as far as size-wise. They just all across the board and got it done. Keegan Murray was a tremendous rebounder for his side. His brother was also for his size. Um the uh, the other twins were were good for yeah, their size. The they all were just that six seven six eight type frame, and they just all got the job done. So that's that's the part that I think across the board that Nebraska can improve in, and it could it could it could pose a problem if 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 they use it right, no question
1: yeah so that's it's, it's always fun I love again I know Husker basketball is over I know the sweet 16s on a roll and I know that, that they haven't been good the last couple years but I still love talking Husker basketball and kind of thinking of what it's going to shape out for next year I know it's always a next year discussion with Nebraska basketball hopefully uh, we can we can kind of turn that page and, and get excited about the team next year I know it's going it's going to be hard it's going to be hard to get people too excited about it just because they, they've bought yeah. in before um, and things just have not turned to wins more than anything for Fred Hoiberg but hopefully it couple wins down the stretch there uh, can get you excited, but they're, I mean, they're going to be replacing a lot uh, when you talk about Bryce McGowan's off to the NBA and, and Alonzo Verge even exhausting his eligibility. Um, it's going to be a different-looking team once again, and that might add to some frustration, but we'll see. Maybe Derek Walker, Trey McGowan's, those guys uh, will ultimately decide to come back uh, and, and add some stability there for the Huskers. As far as the Sweet 16 goes tonight, Arkansas, Gonzaga uh, will tip it off first, then Michigan, Villanova, Texas Tech, Duke with Arizona Houston and the nightcap what's one of those games are you most excited for tonight
0: well I, I'm actually looking at the Texas Tech Duke game I'm, I'm really excited about that one because a, a lot of people are really overlooking this Texas Tech team and I don't think that they should you know they have a higher net rank than basically Duke does and and they played more top 25 teams with a 7-4 and record against them although Duke has a 2-0 and record against top 25 teams they've had a they, they've They've, they've not only played a higher, uh, a tougher schedule, but on top of that, their strength of schedule is 35th, whereas Duke is 58th. So, um, the, and they play great defense, you know. So those are the things that I'm really interested in in this particular game. Uh, and, 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 and that transitions next on, it's crazy because what you have is you have tremendously offensively efficient teams in Gonzaga, Duke, Arizona and Villanova. Villanova plays a little bit better defense than most, but then Michigan has tremendous size with Dickinson, and then they're they're just hot right now. They're getting it going.
1: Yeah. They're playing
0: like a team. They're playing united. But Houston gets after you defensively. Arkansas gets after you defensively as well as Texas Tech. So there there's where I'm I'm interested in the matchups of the night because it's it's tremendously efficient offensive teams against tremendously defensive teams and we'll see
1: who wins out yeah it's kind of crazy just going through some of the numbers that I looked at you know both Texas Tech and Arkansas you've mentioned I mean they've jumped up and got some upsets so it wouldn't be surprising to see Arkansas beat Gonzaga and Texas Tech beat Duke tonight neither of them shoot above 32 percent from beyond the arc I mean that's 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 some pretty bad numbers we complain I think Pretty sure Nebraska, I have to look, I think they probably finished somewhere close to that, and that was a deficiency for Nebraska all season. Now, they have a different system. They're not trying to chuck up as many threes as maybe Nebraska was early in the season last year, but it kind of gives you some hope for some teams that, um, you know, can, can still get it done defensively. It's not, it's, you know, I know everybody wants to emulate Golden State, but not everybody has the best shooters in the world, right. so, uh, you know, not everybody can win that way and so this will be a fascinating uh, couple of games tonight. Um, I, I agree with you. Texas Tech-Duke is, is I, I think any Duke game with, you know, it could be the end of Coach K and his run um, is almost must-watch television at this point, just to see how it goes. That, and it's not hard to watch Duke. They've got, you know, about five guys, at least, that are going to be on NBA rosters here in the next couple of years, um, you know, starting up there with Paulo Banchero, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's just an amazing program to watch, um, but Texas Tech has wins over Tennessee. They beat baylor twice they beat kansas this year uh texas um like i said don't shoot particularly well but they can muddy it up and and they've had success obviously in the last couple of years under chris beard now a new regime there um but they could get it get it going quite well if they get an upset over texas or excuse me over duke um arkansas gonzaga um i i you know if. Do you have your your winning team still available to you that you picked in your one bracket? Yes. I lost Auburn so now I'm clinging to Gonzaga as my number 2 choice. Uh, I just feel really I have Arizona comfortable. and Purdue. Yeah, Arizona That's right, Arizona's still out there too tonight. Um, I love that for the nightcap game. Um, But I was saying for Gonzaga, I just feel very comfortable. Obviously, they've got their own talent and and their success that they've had there in the past. But I I think Nemhart. if I had one guy that needed to take a shot in this tournament that I felt comfortable with, um, that guy's got ice in his veins. So I feel pretty good about him. Drew Timmy, we saw him in the second uh, half kind of take over that game to get them to the Sweet 16. Uh, Might be the best college basketball player left in the group as far as just career accomplishments and how it's all going to add up. Um, and then of course they have, you know, Chet Holmgren the big band there, but I, I still he's think probably
0: out of here. Chet's probably gone. Oh yeah. He's like a top um, five pick drew. I actually refereed him in high school. He was at Richardson high school when I was in Texas. So I, I refereed a lot of his game. So I got a chance to see him up close. He's very skilled. He's, he's a very skilled guy. I just don't know how much it'll translate. I right. think he, with his ability to stretch the floor is going to always help. But, to play at the positions he doesn't remind me of a Draymond green or anything like that he's not a tremendous leaper so some of the uh, deficiencies there um, would, would maybe catch up with him but I still think with his ability to shoot the ball if he really really hones in on that. He'll, he can be a pro.
1: And of course, Michigan Villanova, the one that a lot of Big Ten fans are going to be interested in. Michigan's been pretty loud vocal this week with Hunter Dickinson talking about the rest of the Big Ten, how they're sitting at home watching this Michigan team. But Villanova, I, you know, I always just go back to Jay Wright. He might be, you know, with Coach K leaving, he might be taking that mantle as the top coach in the nation. Certainly if he wins the third championship this year, that would be the case. Um, they've got so, some excellent guard play, and they always do well. They've done well with their guard play before. It's kind of interesting. They only have a, like a six-man rotation and uh and you know we, we talked about Creighton the other day playing with a six-man rotation and how that hurt him Villanova's keyed in there. I mean every guy there has kind of got their role um but uh, Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore I expect uh to carry Villanova over Michigan there I'll still be cheering for the Big Ten as I always will be um and Eric maybe Dixon, Eric
0: up. Dixon is a, trim, a big body oh he, yeah he ain't, he ain't big he's you know six eight maybe six nine stretching but to be able to keep Hunter Dickinson from getting to where he wants to, he has the ability to do it. If he doesn't get into foul trouble, they'll, they'll, this will be a tight game. If he does, it could be trouble.
1: And we talked about Texas Tech-Duke, the nightcap, Arizona in Houston. Uh, I know you picked Arizona, and, and you know, they're just an incredible team. Won 17 of 18 games now, 20 plus or 20 assists per game, basically. Uh, Benedict yeah. Mathurin is going to be a top 10 pick, probably, you know, the, the Pac-12 player of the year. Um, that's got another 7-footer in Christian Coloco. That'll probably be a first-rounder. So they've got some talent on that team. That being said um, – Probably, you know, pretty close to losing that last game. Do you think it helps at times to have a scare early in the tournament uh, to kind of get your mind right?
0: No question. Yeah. It definitely it, it puts a, uh, um, a, a kind of like a scary movie. It kind of kind of wakes you up a little bit. gives you gives you a little like you know you're more aware of what's going on and you're you're more homed in, tuned in as to what's going on as well because you don't want to make an exit so. Sometimes that is good to happen for you.
1: And for what it's worth, I do expect that to be a good game. But Houston, um, they are thirty-one five, but they have not played a difficult schedule, obviously over there in the American. I don't think they beat a top twenty-five team until Illinois here in the tournament. Um, but still, and uh,
0: their, their, their biggest scores and their fourth-best scores. So, and you know, yeah, in Sasser. Yeah. Sasser's their best scorer. They're missing him, too. So that's going to be... This. that. That is a big obstacle
1: to overcome. I do like Kelvin Sampson, even from back in his Oklahoma days. Uh, was He He was probably not at Oklahoma quite when you were playing. Uh, yeah. Was he there? Yeah. yeah.
0: We, 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 got it, we got a chance to give him the business.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's uh, he's been a really good coach. Obviously, <laughs> run out of town in Norman, I think, for some sanctions. And then the same thing in Indiana. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen there at Houston. But Final Four team last year, like you said, a little bit beat up. But I still think they can push Arizona tonight. Ultimately, I like your national champion, Arizona, too. To get out of that game. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here because we're up against it, but uh, when we come back, it'll be time for Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Uh, we'll dive into some of these tournament games as well as, most importantly, the Xavier Betts situation, try to get his read on that and where the Husker football team is moving uh, through this spring, How's, how it's going. That's next here on The Block on 93.7 The Ticket.